Gracious Heavenly Father, we praise you and thank you for giving us glorious call of discipleship. Who are we that you gave us the same mission of Jesus Christ and equipped us with the Holy Spirit as Jesus was? As we are humbled by this great honor, we ask you to help us to see this glorious life of disciple-maker with joy and gratitude. Now speak to us so that we can serve you effectively and faithfully today. In the precious name of our Lord, we pray. Amen. Let's continue to read and complete the Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 to 7, the section of discipleship. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable people who will also qualify to teach others. Join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. Similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. The hard-working farmer should be the first to receive the share of the crops. Reflect on what I'm saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all this. Yesterday, we learned the manifesto of evangelical discipleship and the principle of spiritual multiplication. Remember, the four generation of a spiritual life, the, the, the disciple generation, Paul and Timothy disciple, and Timothy become a disciple maker to the reliable man, and reliable man become a disciple maker to others. Now, today we see Paul's three metaphors that describe the commitment and dedication of a disciple maker. The first metaphor is a military. Join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in the civilian affairs, but rather try to please his commanding officer. What is the most important thing to a soldier? What is the most important thing to a soldier? We have to know that he's a commanding officer. A soldier lives and dies on the words and command of his superior. That's the nature of a military. A good soldier is not someone who is a bravery, brave or fights well, but someone who obeys as a commanding officer, first and foremost. Obedience comes first and then everything else. Now, how can a soldier obey as a commanding officer well? There is one thing absolutely required for soldiers' obedience. That's the untangled obedience, unentangled obedience to his superior and undivided attention to his duty. The key word here, key word here today is entangle. No one serves as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs. Can you imagine soldier in a tour such as of a place such as Iraq and Afghanistan does not you know, he set up a souvenir stand or fast food business on the side to make extra, you know, little money on the side. 
So Christians must not get distracted from seeking first the kingdom of God. This is one of the most difficult commands to each one of us, especially those of us living in the suburb, to apply consistently. Because it is easy for all of us to get entangled with the things that are not wrong in themselves. But they become wrong when they distract us from seeking first the kingdom of God. There is nothing wrong about the lim- with the li- limited use of sports or, or recreations or hobbies or watching, you know, whatever the major league post-seasons and then all those things. If we use them to refresh us for, for battle, that's okay. But it's so easy for these illegitimate things to suck us into the quicksand. And before we know it, we are not seeking first God's kingdom. So question I have for all of us, what entangles me today or these days from pleasing my commanding officer, Lord Jesus Christ? What is an entangling thing? You, once again, good stuff uh, entangles us. Not a bad stuff, good stuff. So what is the second best that I have to give up to serve the first best? By the way, soldier metaphor means that implies that ministry is like a battle. It means it's not easy. You will be shot, as sim- shot simply because you are in the battlefield. You will be wounded. And sometimes you will have a PTSD. I have my own. And every year. And some wounds take a long time to heal. Or even become a lifelong disability. But dear brothers and sisters, I want to say this. All those spiritual wounds that we receive from our ministry, they are our eternal purple heart. Do you have a purple heart? I do. I, I, I know many of you do. And I pray that you have more because that will be glory. Second metaphor for the dedication of discipleship is athletic. Verse 5, similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. Athletic, Athletic metaphor shows that it is only by discipline that the athlete may compete, can compete and win. Every athlete knows that occasional jogging, one prepare oneself to compete in the Olympics. To compete in a winning level, you must daily discipline your body through exercise, diet, and proper rest. The key word in the athletic analogy here is a discipline to competing according to the rule. If an athlete disobeys the rules of his sport, he is instantly disqualified. Yet, Sometimes Christians, even Christian leaders, think that they have some kind of special exemption or they think you know, they have an extra grace of God allows them to disobey God's word, yet they expect God's blessings. I have to tell you, it doesn't work that way. You know, you cannot, to put it bluntly, for instance, you cannot cheat on your business, cheat in your business and ask God to bless your business. By the way, the athletic analogy teaches again, teaches us an important spiritual fact. That is, nobody becomes a godly by accident. Let me repeat that. Nobody becomes a godly by accident. 
To be godly means very intentional. Do you know how intentional and meticulous a professional athlete is about their training and food and the coaches? Third metaphor for the dedication of a discipleship is agricultural. Verse 6, hardworking farmer should be the first to receive the share of the crops. Compared to the lives of the soldiers and athletes, the life of a farmer is rather boring. Don't you think so? Soldiers live on the edge of life and death on the battlefield. Athletes has a thrill of a cheering crowd as he runs toward the goal. But the farmer works long and hard, plowing and planting, and goes home tired every day. About the most exciting thing, the farmer can say is that, Oh, corn grew two inches last week. Whoopee! That's the only excitement probably they have. Why does he do that? He is looking for harvest. And Paul said, the hardworking farmer is the first one to receive the share of a crop. God will give the blessings and reward to the hardworking farmer in our eternal harvest. You know, when I was a young pastor, I found, I found that my ministry was not that exciting. And I want to have some exciting, excitement in ministry. And guess how I, you know, how many young pastors like me found excitement in ministry. That is, going to uh, a retreat, other churches uh, retreat or revival meetings and preach there. And, you know, this revival retreat meetings, people respond right away. So that's when you feel, oh, you know, excitement. And... Uh, I understand that this, the, the ministry, especially local pastoral ministry, is not glamorous. It's not exciting. But just like a farmer's life, it is important. You know, every week I try to sow the seed of God's word into heart. And sometimes, I, well, many times, you know, people don't usually change overnight. And or worse, sometimes a bad storm or past destroys the plant before they, uh, they bear the fruit. You see that in spiritual life too. But guess what? We keep sowing, trusting God to bring the increase of a harvest in one day. Once again, this metaphor of a farmer, agricultural metaphor, teaches us one thing, one spiritual fact. The spiritual growth is a slow. Spiritual growth is not slow, just like any growth. You don't see it right away. Don't expect a sudden growth from people that you serve. They are growing slowly and steadily, and I might, I might add secretly or stealthily behind our backs. But don't lose your heart to the, for this slow-responding Christian. Last word of Apostle Paul today is verse 7. Reflect on what I'm saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all this. Paul is telling Timothy, continually reflect on your dedication and commitment every time when you see a soldier, an athlete, and farmer. And remember, our fight 
is the the good fight. Our race is the the glorious race. And our harvest is the ultimate harvest with the eternal consequence. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we want to please you more than anyone and anything. You are our path and our prize. We want to fight the good fight for your glory because you are our life and our love. Grant the trust to obey you and discipline to follow you and hope to finish the race with you and help us to overcome all the wounds and all the temptations of a, to, to, to rest down and also all the, all the despair comes from long patience. Help us to fight for you and run with you and the harvest for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.